Hi everyone, Communications Director Jay Sokol here. At a recent meeting, the College Station City Council authorized an agreement that allows an ultra-high-speed internet provider to lease some available fiber strands that belong to the city. It's an arrangement that was months in the making, but it really passed without much fanfare or much attention at all. So that's why we're circling back on that subject today. My guest on this edition of the podcast is Place 6 City Councilman James Benham, who not only makes his living in the world of technology, but is committed to expanding College Station's tech infrastructure and quality of life. James tells us how the lease agreement will work and what it means in terms of consumer choice, and then he even delves into some future tech-related projects on the horizon. Here's the interview. Okay, so the College Station City Council recently took action related to leasing city-owned dark fiber. Talk to me about that. So first, it helps to define for everybody what exactly dark fiber is. Um, it's not uh, a cereal that's uh, very dark in color. It's not? No, it's not. It well, is. I've got some rewriting to do. Exactly. So this is not about muffins or uh, or cereal. This is actually about fiber optic cables. Okay. So let's just uh, let's put that one to bed first. All right. Uh, secondly, uh, dark fiber is fiber that is not lit up. If fiber is not lit up, it's not transmitting data. And if it's not lit up, it's because you're not using it. You, you have enough capacity on the fiber that you already have. Um, it turns out the city of College Station has a, a few excess strands of, of fiber. So when we, when we put our fiber optic cable in the ground or when we hung it on our, on our utility poles, uh, we, we ran some extra in case we needed it in the future, and, and we have used um, you know a lot of that extra, but even after all the expansion that we've done, we still have quite a bit of extra capacity, and, and uh, in some cases, in other cases, a few strands of excess capacity. And so uh, in order to uh, promote the expansion of ultra-high-speed broadband, that's really fast internet, usually about 10 to 20 times faster than you have right now. We're talking about gigabit speeds. Um, since we say gigabit, let's go ahead and define it. Thank you. Everybody always asks me, what's a gigabit? Hey, James, what's a gigabit? What's a gigabit? It's a lot of data, Okay. right? So you have a kilobit, has thousands of, of bits per second, then megabit is millions uh, of bits per second. Look, I was and, a computer science so, teacher. Yeah, exactly. So For a semester. Exactly, for one semester. Yeah. So you actually know a bit is the zero or a one. Okay. And so we're talking about millions or billions of zeros and ones transmitting. But to put it in more basic terms, a gigabit would allow you to download the whole the whole season of one of my favorite shows in about 10 seconds. That'd be House of Cards on, on Netflix. All right. And so you actually can download uh, entire seasons of shows in a matter of seconds. You could, you could transmit in enormous uh, 3D models that are that are typically very very large in nature. Or you could um, Skype in 4K high definition with your with your grandparents uh, very easily and only use a small fraction of your bandwidth. Um, gigabit service has really become popular in a lot of major cities in the United States, but uh, has until recently eluded us. Now, fortunately, our incumbent provider, Suddenlink, has uh, come back and, and offered gigabit speeds to residences here in town, and, and they do have commercial gigabit service. But uh, one of the things that uh, really helps support a thriving free market is, is uh, obviously multiple providers and multiple choices for our citizens. Okay. And one of the ways that we can promote choice and that we can even help our incumbent, because even Suddenlink can actually lease this dark fiber from us, uh, to expand service into areas they may not have their own infrastructure in. And so what we did 
several months ago is we actually gave ourselves the ability, and since we're a home rule city, right, and the, the state doesn't preclude us from doing this, we gave ourselves the ability to lease the unused fiber optic cable to third-party providers. All right. And since we gave ourselves the ability to do that, we had an applicant who came forward uh, named Wirestar uh, who wanted to lease our fiber ring. So we have a, a big ring of fiber uh, optic cable that runs around College Station. And we had a couple of extra strands that we didn't have any anticipatory need of. And so we uh, have chosen to, to lease it to, to Wirestar, which then allows him to expand service uh, dramatically beyond its current footprint and offer ultra high speed commercial, uh, initially commercial gigabit and multi gigabit service to uh, you know, multifamily or commercial um, uh, uh, customers around the city of College Station. And so it gives uh, our citizens, our businesses more choice, uh, offers uh, different types of service uh, from a, a actual locally owned company. And eventually will that expand, do you believe, into residential service as well? It very well could. Uh, so Wirestar is going to be running on their website a basically what's called a survey demand tool that allows uh, residents to go in and plug their address in and say that they're interested in commercial, or not commercial, but residential gigabit fiber at home service. And if enough people in a specific neighborhood sign up on the demand tool, mm -hmm. uh, it'll go through a multi-step process, but then uh, their neighborhood could actually potentially receive fiber-to-premise, uh, fiber-to-home uh, services, which would be uh, certainly fantastic if that's what they're looking for. And and uh, and so that it could yield uh, a residential service in the future. Uh, right now, it's going to be largely focused <clears throat> on uh, on commercial service and multifamily, the large apartment complexes, uh, business parks, and uh, and, and different uh, companies around town. Are other cities doing the same kind of thing? Yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, we're we're not the the first. I, I do like to think it's being progressive. We're definitely, definitely in in the in the uh, top quartile of cities in making our fiber available for lease and making okay. our conduit available for lease. Uh, we're part of a couple of different efforts. Uh, Next Century Cities is one of the groups that we're part of, uh, and we joined Gig.U about three years ago. And these are just collections of cities that are saying, hey. Uh, Ultra-high-speed Internet services are really important to our city. They're important to our citizens, our residents, our businesses. It's part of our future uh, as far as infrastructure. It's as important as electricity. It's as important as water. I mean, these are really important things to us uh, to be able to connect with the world and do it very, very, very quickly. Um, unfortunately, in the past, we really didn't take bandwidth seriously mm -hmm. as a city. And we've, we lost companies. We lost jobs. We lost companies to, to cities where they were able to provide that type of service to their, their businesses and their residents. And, and I don't want that to be a, a, um, an excuse to, to lose someone. You know, one of the best things we can do as economic development here is keep the companies that start here, Jay. Yeah. And, and if you really sure. think about it, I mean, corporate recruiting is very difficult, very challenging. You're chasing unicorns. You know, you're trying to find these large companies that want to open a campus or relocate. That's very difficult work. Um, you know, one of the, the absolute best things we can do as a city is make sure that we have both the infrastructure amenities that businesses and entrepreneurs uh, want uh, when they start a business here to stay here. And we have the cultural amenities that they right. want. And, right. of course, 
um, you know, a previous discussion you and I had about food truck parks was one of those cultural amenities that we talk about. They, um, we have other cultural amenities like a fantastic uh, Southeastern Conference athletic schedule that provides ample entertainment for people 10 months a year. That's another great cultural amenity. But if, if we have all of that and we have great parks and we have great walking trails and we've got great food truck parks, but we don't have the bandwidth they need to actually conduct business, then, then we're failing them. And, yeah. and so these are all things that we have to look at. But as a businessman, a business owner, and as a, a city council member, uh, I really view it as, as my job to, to be an ambassador for the city and to make sure that we retain these one or two person startups that start out of Texas A&M yeah. that could be the next quarter of a billion dollar company that's headquartered here. There was a former city manager here who said something that, uh, that I thought was pretty interesting. His theory on economic development was that it's a city's responsibility to, to create the infrastructure and the environment uh, that attracts business and industry. And then the city gets out of the way. That was the way he put it. And I thought that was pretty good. But what you're telling me is this is just part of the infrastructure that we yeah. need to provide and they get out of the way. Yeah, you have, you, have, you have critical infrastructure. You have cultural infrastructure. You have things that you create and absolutely get out of the way as quickly as possible. You know, let, let the free market work. The more the government interferes in the free market, um, the more challenging it can be uh, for entrepreneurs to start, establish, retain, run businesses that create jobs and hire people and then you know, further stimulate our economy. Uh, and, and certainly it's part of a healthy growing city uh, is to have healthy businesses that you know, provide private market jobs. I, I, you know, I, like, I like small businesses. I like small, profitable, privately owned businesses that, that, are, that are here. And, and so uh, I think it's our, our responsibility. Um, you know, the government really created a lot of this bandwidth problem to begin with. Um, when when telecommunications was quote unquote deregulated, right. um, we really created a lot of the problems by establishing a, um, so many hurdles that it really led to single providers in, in areas in geographic areas. And so, deregulation really didn't lead to the type of competition that's necessary to keep prices down, to drive speeds up, to you know really promote uh, a lot of that in, in this particular area. And it's so expensive to roll out telecommunication services. I mean, it really is pricey to put fiber optic in the ground or to string it on utility poles. Yeah. And so I, I think uh, we we had we had an opportunity to do something about it, and we did. And uh, whether you know, I, I hope Wirestar is successful. I hope Suddenlink is successful. I hope all these businesses are successful, and I hope they compete in a fair and equal and level market. Um, you know, we've made this dark fiber available to any company to lease there's you know they have to pay the fees and comply with the requirements but we are absolutely non-discriminatory in, in how we we lease this um you know just we hope that it leads to better services for the citizens and businesses of college station so do we sit back and wait for other wire stores to come along and and try to uh, lease this fiber from us or do we uh, somewhat aggressively go out and look for other wire stores to do this uh, I think we have an obligation to let everybody know that it exists and to market it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a big difference between marketing and sales. You know, marketing is letting everyone know that you have something, and sales is actually converting those into clients. Right. Um, I'm not saying that we should put it together a sales team to market our dark fiber, but I do believe we have an obligation to market the fact that we have this.
but it probably is a component of our economic development. It should be. Yeah. yeah. All right, so, so gigabit speeds are here. Uh, market choice is here. What's next? You're the guy with the finger on the pulse of technology. technology. Yeah. So it what's is, next? What? It is my profession. And you're, you're driving these conversations and these, these issues on the city council. So yeah. what's next? Well, the, the last initiative that uh, I had in, in my first term that I really wanted to get done was the open data initiative. And that is making all of the cities publicly um, required and publicly accessible information accessible through a web-based portal, mobile apps, and through a machine um, machine interface called the API. Uh, I, I won't get into a lengthy explanation of what that is, but it simply allows applications to connect to our data sources. Uh, so open data is the next next step in, in our technology uh, evolution, and that is making sure that the public has ready access to all of the information about what's going on in the city. Mm -hmm. um, we have nothing to hide. And one of the best ways to show you have nothing to hide as a government is to make all of your uh, publicly accessible information truly accessible on the web, yeah. uh, where any citizen go to a portal and search through anything that's subject to the Open Records Act and uh, can retrieve that information and actually retrieve it in a usable format that they can then manipulate the data and and get what they you know whatever they question they have whatever information they need to get it's a it's a big step forward for transparency in government we we did approve the the budget for this item in the recent budget cycle which i'm really excited about the rest of council has been very gracious with me in in allowing allowing me to to pursue some of these technology initiatives and They've taken a lot of time to understand what what this means. They've asked very insightful questions. I cannot tell you how much I enjoy serving with the people I serve with on council uh, because they they don't dismiss these ideas just because they're they're foreign to them. Right. Um, they've really taken it seriously, uh, both from you know fiber optic uh, infrastructure to the open data initiative to um, any other thing. Like we're, we're also talking about safe online transaction zones. So yeah, that's um, right. when, when, you know, a place to go and if you have a, a transaction that you want to conduct that you find on Craigslist, you can have a safe place, um, or a, a, a safer place, uh, to go to conduct that transaction. Um, the reality is that we live in a very digital world and we live a lot of our life online. And, um, the, the points at which the digital world intersects with the physical world, we, we have to provide, those land, we have to do something to make sure that our citizens can stay safe during that transaction. Uh, and so from the, the safe transaction zone, which is currently um, underway, to the uh, open data initiative, um, I think we have a lot more we can do to be a, a, um, a technologically progressive city while uh, remaining and retaining the, the culture that we have come to really love here, the reason that I decided to stay in College Station and uh, build a life here uh, when I wasn't even from the state. I've now officially, by the way, been in College Station uh, over 18 years. I'm 36 years old, which means I've lived over half my life in this town. So I think I can actually call myself a Texan now, call myself a College Stationite. I think you can. I think I can. And uh, I, I love it here. Uh, my wife and my two daughters love it here. Um, when my, my daughters and I ride our, our bikes to school in the morning, sometimes my eight-year-old will stop and just breathe in the air and say, Daddy, it's great living in Texas. Hmm. And uh, I, I say, yeah, it is. And, and uh, 
you know, you have that feeling about it, but then let's say, okay, let's let's actually put all the, let's put in all the the technology, technological amenities, which I have a pretty good grasp over, um, into this, and, and that would include uh, everything that we just talked about, from great bandwidth to great access to open data, to um, to safe places to conduct online transactions. Um, we we've got a, a lot we can a lot we can do, a lot we can provide as a city. Well, and the expectations of us already having those things is probably there. When you have an academic culture like we do and a youth culture like we do, I'm sure there are expectations that we're already there. Yeah, the general response to, to a lot of this is, oh, you mean we didn't have that uh-huh. already? Yeah. <laughs> it, there, right. is, there is certainly an expectation that we should already have all of this. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. Anything we left out you want to make sure people know? Uh, no, I, I just want everyone to know that, that this uh, the broadband plan is, is not over yet. You know, this is this is phase two. Um, phase three, we'll we'll see what the what the future holds. Certainly, we're going to make sure everybody knows that we uh, take broadband internet very seriously. Um, I'm excited about WireStar's entry into the market. Um, they do a good job uh, providing service. They're an existing provider. Uh, they were started here, and um, I'm excited that they're going to expand and that they're going to lease our fiber to do it. I'm excited that we're facilitating um, this with, with an asset the city has. And, of course, I should note the city actually got revenue from this. Mm-hmm. And so we actually um, increased the amount of money that, uh, that the city has as a byproduct of this legislation, and we're going to use that money for, for good things for the city of College Station as well. You can pay for your open data initiative this way. It actually does. There you go. This technology actually, paying for technology. This this, this uh, lease actually does pay for a good bit of the, uh, the initial uh, op- year of uh, open data initiative. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the conversation. Thank you, Jay. That's Place 6 City Councilman James Benham. Really appreciate him stopping by to explain what this agreement with Wirestar really means for College Station. Thanks to him and thanks to you for listening. I'm Jay Sokol.